Welcome to another podcast by Every Nation Brisbane. We're so glad you can join us here today. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at enbrisbane.org. Please enjoy the following message. Um, We're going to be reading from James 4, um, verses 13 to 17, and it reads today, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, um, that you've sent your Holy Spirit to be with us this day. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come and invade this room, and not just the room, but in our hearts today. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that the word would be as it is, to penetrate through bone and flesh, that we would meet you today within your word. Illuminate each phrase, illuminate each word, that it would um, deposit within our hearts a way forward into this new year. We are ready for you to move mightily. And I thank you, Lord, that as we seek ye first your kingdom today as a family, Lord God, and lean into your word, that we would be able to hear from heaven. In Jesus' precious, most wonderful name, amen. Take a seat, everyone, and let's lean in today to the Word. Hey, thank you for reading the Word of God with me today. I am really blessed to be bringing you the first message for 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, My name is Nelly, for those of you who haven't had the opportunity to meet, and I'm the senior pastor here at Every Nation Brisbane. We have two locations, one currently meeting in Logan, and uh, we are meeting here in our central location. And I don't think there is any better way to start the year off than to fellowship with fellow believers and come around the Word of God today. So uh, we hope you are encouraged by that somewhat, maybe a little bit of a uh, sordid way to start the, the year in, in terms of just reading that scripture from James 4. Um, but I wanted to give you this, okay? The title of my message, and hopefully it'll make sense, by the end of it. The title of my message is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Everybody say that with me. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Now, the reason why it's called 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, I'll get to in just a moment. Now, I wanted to start by asking that question. Um, what did your year look like? If you were to reflect on last year and summarize it in one word, what would that word be? Now, hold that thought, hold that word, and I'm going to give us a little bit of context to the passage that was just read for us today. As we look at James, the book of James, uh, James was the younger brother of Jesus, and um, this book is accredited to him. In fact, you know, if you look to look at his Hebrew name or the transliteration into the Greek, his, his name actually means Jacob. So it's interesting that the book is called James, but anyway, this is the younger brother of Jesus who was a disciple of Jesus as well. And he was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Now, during this period of time after Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to heaven, now the church is being persecuted uh, heavily by both the Roman government and those who are of Jewish uh, descent and those who were worshipping primarily the Pharisees. And so there were still Jews who were uh, followers of Jesus. 
uh, that were still centered in Jerusalem. And James was the leader of this group of disciples. And so this letter is James' encouragement to them. Now, interestingly, it kind of reads like uh, a New Testament version of the book of Proverbs because a lot of it is centered around uh, how we might take principles for uh, living as Christ followers. Now, to understand kind of the setting of which this book arrives to us, we must understand that there was a certain level of poverty within Jerusalem amongst the Christ followers. Uh, they weren't necessarily affluent. And then secondly, obviously, as I've mentioned, they were persecuted heavily. So there were all kinds of pressures for them to recant their faith or to not follow Jesus. So when we look at these things, whether it's persecution uh, in areas of the world right now that are in conflict, or there's a certain level of comfort that tempts us towards leaving the faith and primarily just uh, centering our faith on other things, whether it's the riches of this life or an ease of life, these are the things that these Jewish followers of Christ within the uh, city of Jerusalem were facing. And so James is writing this letter to them to encourage them to remain faithful. Now, let's come back to that question. When we look at what our year looked like, right? What did your year look like? Now, come back to that word. Was it easy? Was it sweet? Was it challenging? Um, was it deadly in a, in a good way or deadly in a bad way? What, what, was, what would be the, the word that you would describe your year and what it looked like? I, I think um, when we look at last year and then we look towards the year that we're currently in in 2024 uh, and we ask ourselves, what, what do we want our, this year to look like? What does this year look like for us? We can often think about the activities that will happen this year. So when if I was to ask you the question, okay, what does this year look like for you? Uh, would you answer that with tasks or would you look uh, at the schedule of things that you have going on this year? Maybe your goals revolve around activities or things or events that you want to see happen this current year. But I want to or I actually want to challenge you to start thinking a little differently because when Jesus was asked what the most important commandment uh, that we could ever follow as followers of Christ, what was the most important commandment, uh, what must we do to inherit eternal life, was asked of him by the teacher of the law. And also in Mark 12, he highlights this commandment, which is one commandment, but kind of in two parts. And here we go. It's, it's in Mark chapter 12, and I'm going, to, I'm going to read it for you. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So pretty much your body, your soul, and your spirit. And this is important for us to, to kind of look at, right? Because when we understand that he's called us to love him with everything, this speaks of the type of relationship we must have with him. Loving him with all our heart, our spirit, our soul, our mind, will, and our emotions, and also our strength. And then he says, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, this is interesting because if we are to shape our year in the way that God has designed us to live, and this is the greatest commandment, and there is no greater commandment than this, then we must see that the greatest thing that we can do when looking at our year is not just the what we've got to do this year, but understanding that this commandment is actually a who commandment. 
we are called to relationship vertically in our relationship with God. Notice it says you shall love the Lord, meaning your ruler, meaning the one who calls the shots in our lives. That when we are followers of God, we relate to him not as the man upstairs or our big bro or buddy. No, we relate to him as Lord. He is Lord God Almighty. And we recognize that we have a relationship with him. This is the beauty of it. That here in 2024, you can have a relationship with the almighty creator of the universe. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. So we relate to him with everything we have. And then we relate to one another. It's our horizontal relationships. So in order to look at our year more effectively, the lens that we look through it is relational. So rather than asking ourselves, what does our year look like? We've got to ask ourselves, and I know this is bad grammar, who does our year look like? Does it look like the way we should relate with God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and also in the way that we love one another? We love one another as followers and believers of Christ, our community, our local church family here at Every Nation Brisbane, and loving across the, the body of Christ with other Christ followers within our city and in the nations. And then also loving those who are lost, who need the gospel. This is how we frame our year. Let me read from James chapter 4, uh, verse 13. It says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Again, when our life becomes more about personal prosperity, than actually building the kingdom of God. We build towers of Babel rather than the kingdom of God. See, the problem with the Jerusalem church at this point was not necessarily their plans, but their posture. I want to highlight this graphic again from Scott Erickson, and uh, he highlights the difference between approaching our lives with fear rather than love. We remember from 1 John chapter 4 that perfect love casts out all fear. We approach the throne room of God in fear that he may not come through what he, what he said he would do. Now this graphic highlights that fear trusts in our scarcity rather than saying that love trusts in the abundance of God. See, scarcity wants you to close your fists and hold on tightly to what, to what you have already obtained because it is convinced that today was the last day of any kind of generosity in the world. Love in the flesh once invited a woman at the well to know that there can be a never-ending spring that flows from inside of you. Love once invited his friends to make for themselves money belts that never wear out. Love once told a father that said to his son, everything I have is yours, if you remember that parable. And that simple phrase is the key to unlocking everything in the universe to us. You don't need to hold so tight if the creator of that universe says, everything that I have is yours. So we've got to open our hands so that we can live into our inheritance. The question I ask at this point is, do, do you live in fear or do you live in love? Why? At this point in asking that question, do you live in fear or in love? I want to pose this question 
and give you about four minutes right now, just in small groups around you or maybe with the people that you came with, to, to ask that question and ask why. Because I think this will uh, help us to unpack further God's plan for our year. Go ahead and take some time right now. Hopefully you had some time to answer that question. Do we operate in fear? I know all of us would love to operate in love. So let's move further in the scripture. Uh, James goes on to say, what is your life? I mean, that's a pretty, a real question, right? What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Problem isn't the faith of those worshippers in Jerusalem. It was connecting their faith to the view of the world. That was the problem. Uh, I was driving earlier and had to drive uh, early in the morning. And as I was driving through uh, Brisbane, this is, this is like as the sun was rising. This was a picture of the Story Bridge. Uh, you could barely see anything, right? But I knew that once the sun rose, and we all know how hot it is in Brisbane, that that mist will dissipate much like our lives. It's just a matter of time before this life is over and we get to celebrate an eternity if we've given our lives to Christ and live under his lordship, we get to live forever with him. But this life on this earth is not all there is to it. This life is but a mist. So when we have this correct perspective, we can begin to see God's design for this life and have a right look or perspective on how we should live it. Let's carry on in the scripture here. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So at this point, we need to ask the question, you know, we boast in our own strength sometimes because we feel like we can do it. And this is where the wrestling comes. We don't trust God or we schedule our time or our lives around our own capacity like we want to do more like many of us have the desire right to learn a new skill or do something that we haven't done before but there's always something that limits us if he is lord and he wills it then what is stopping us from obeying him the worst thing that can happen is that we arrive at this point in 2025 and our lives look exactly the same. We haven't grown as much as we'd like to have grown. We haven't had the faith to match the goals that God has put on our hearts to see. We haven't seen ourselves live out in the mission that God has for us. And often his mission is greater than our capacity because he wants to stretch us and grow us. But when we trust him, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. This is obedience. Pastor J.D. Greer, pastor of the Summit Church in the United States, author and theologian, he said it this way, to not live in constant submission to God is to put yourself in the place of God. How many of us, like, we want God benefits, but we are our own God. It's as if he's there to serve us rather than us there to worship him. See, that's that loving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When we begin to operate in this way, he begins to give us his mission to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Because in living in his purposes, we ask God, fill me with your spirit so that I can live out for your glory, be the salt and the light of the earth. 
to make disciples of every nation. This is God's commission, God's uh, design for us. It's when we live with closed fists, that's when we find ourselves living with an anxiety or a fear that cripples us from living out in his purposes. We might say to ourselves, I know what I need for financial stability. I know what I need for an educational pathway to pursue. I know what I need for satisfying work. I know what I need for my kids to thrive. I know what I need for relational contentment. So we'll trust God in other areas, but when it comes to these areas, we'll say, I know what I need. But he promises us in Psalm 23, if the Lord is our shepherd, we have everything we need. We shall not lie. Carrying on in James 4, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him or her, it is sin. And this is where we close today. It's not just the things that we did wrong. But it's also the things that God has challenged us or God has called us to do and we don't do them. Sins of not just commission, but sins of omission. When he has put on our heart kingdom vision, when he has put on our heart prophecy, when he has put on our heart scriptural promises that he wants you and I to step into, and then we reach barriers. Maybe the barrier is insecurity. Maybe the barrier is is the trust that we've been speaking about. Like, I don't trust God, or I don't trust the people that God surrounded me with, or I'm I've just, you know, I don't trust anything that God says, or I don't trust God in that specific area. Whatever it might be. Or maybe it's just a case of a lack of prioritization, which means it's an issue of lordship if we're real. Because if he is Lord, he's Lord of our time, he's Lord of our priorities. He is our priority. And so this verse says, so whoever knows the right thing to do. Do you know the right thing to do? Maybe God's put specific vision in your heart. Maybe he's released prophecy uh, to you. Maybe he has spoken to you through dreams or when you've been sitting and reflecting. Maybe the scriptures have popped out to you and God's whispered in your spirit, hey, I want you to commit to doing this. But if you know what to do and you fail to do it, for him or her, this is sin. Sin, again, is missing the mark. It's like an archer shooting at a target. We miss the mark. We fail to complete the mission or the task for which God has sent us. And in that zone of fulfillment and obedience, that's where there is completion. That's where there is shalom, nothing lacking. We are completely fulfilled and our thriving when we trust in him. No matter how hard life gets, we put our trust in the good shepherd. So the question I come back to at this point of this time that we have together in fellowship before I pray is who does your life look like? Who does your life look like? Does it look like Jesus? Does it look like what Jesus has for you? Does it look like worshiping Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because of all that he has done? For you. Look, he left heaven and wrapped himself in flesh and died a cruel death upon Calvary in order that we may enter into this life that we get to live. And our reasonable response is to worship him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And out of that flows a love for our neighbor, for our family, for those who live in the spaces that we live, we work, we play. Where do you live, work, and play? And has God given you 
that love for your neighbor as you love yourself? I'm going to leave this question up here and I want to pray for you today. And maybe your desire today is to receive Christ. Maybe you're in this room or maybe you're watching this online and you're saying to yourself, wow, I don't even have this relationship with God. Well, today's the day that we start this year off right and we can enter into this relationship where he is Lord. If that's you today, whether it's for the first time or maybe you want to give your life over to God and give your year over to God, whatever the case may be, I want you to pray this with me. Pray this. Lord Jesus, I come to you today recognizing your Lordship, recognizing that you rule the universe, and I want to trust you in every area, even the areas that I struggle in. So Lord, I give you my life today. You are who my life needs to look like. So I give you my life today. I give you my 2024 and beyond. I submit my plans for you that you may direct my steps. I love you, God, because you first loved me. And Lord, I commit those who are around me in my places of working, living, playing, and just enjoying that you will teach me how to love those who are around me, both those who are followers of you and those who don't know you yet. Help me to be the salt and light where you've called me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you all. Let's go on this journey together in 2024. We hope you've enjoyed today's message brought to you by Every Nation Brisbane. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at ianbrisbane.org. Thank you for listening. God bless.